being told that you're no longer going to be working at this company, you know, four months after graduation, first job, all this stuff, and, and immediately feeling like this is supposed to happen. I don't know why yet, and that's okay, but this is supposed to happen. And it was right. This is for the others out there, the other ambitious people who want to play at a higher level in their life. It's time to get curious and get real. Join me, and together, let's find the others. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Find the Others podcast. I am your host, Joshua Church. Grateful to have you with us. New episodes are dropping every Wednesday and Sunday, so be sure to hit the subscribe button so that you can get the notification when a new episode comes out. And give me a follow on Instagram at Joshua Dean Church to catch different clips and highlights that I post. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, you find something that might be valuable, please be sure to share it with a friend who also might be into it so that together we can continue to grow our tribe of others. Today, I'm stoked to bring you a conversation with another one of my best friends, Danny Hurley. Danny is a music industry professional whose lifelong passion for music turned itself into a career in 2017. Pittsburgh born and raised, he has spent the last four years living in Los Angeles, surrounding himself with others who can help him learn more, do more, laugh more, and dream more. Danny prides himself in finding comfort in the discomfort and seeing the world from multiple perspectives. He's a believer in living life with the growth mindset, acknowledging that there are no bad days. We talked all about his move out to L.A., navigating career shifts after the startup company he worked for went under, following your natural abilities and grinding his way to his dream position at a dream company in the music industry. Really fun conversation. Anybody who's looking for any type of career advice certainly should tune into this one. Give Danny a follow on Instagram at Danny Hurley. And without further ado, please enjoy this conversation with Danny Hurley. Danny Hurley. Wow. In the studio. What's up, brother? That's good, man. So happy we're finally doing this. I bro. know. It's been a long you know time. Coming. I'm thinking about it right now. We sat down and recorded a conversation maybe we did. two years ago. Could have been longer. It could have been longer. It, high holiday service, right? We yeah. sat outside because I remember there was like a gardener noise or something going on in the background, but like we sat down and we had a conversation, right? We did. We did. It was, pr- I mean, I don't want to say it was your first podcast you've ever done, but oh, yeah. It was, it was, it was before the, the podcast. It was before the podcast. Yeah. And it was the beginning of really you realizing that you have a gift for getting some really good stories out of people. Yeah. And, that. and I remember we had a great conversation and, uh, for better or worse, I think the audio was a little ineligible yeah. to be used yeah. because of the uh, because of that gardener. Yeah, he's just doing his job. No Shut, worries yeah. there. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so so this is cool. This is the uh, I, I should go back and see if I could find that. I think it was just on the voice memo. I think phone. it was. Yeah, yeah, I think it was just on your phone. Wow. Well, it's a pleasure to be back here, and now we've got even Likewise. more time and context and stories too. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> it's it's a funny thing because I feel like this time uh this time of year, I always love our paths are very parallel in so many different ways and the things that we're shifting through and growing through. And I don't know if other people can relate to that as well. But like with close friends, you seem to be going through like, at least if you're communicating, you seem to be going, going through like similar shifts or times together. Do you Definitely. find that way? Yeah, very much agreed. I mean, I, th- I think that that's the case with close friends often, but I've especially realized it with you over the past, yep. I don't know, seven, eight years that we've known each other. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, that's real. That's like from college to the way that we think about certain things, whether it's relationships, career, different opportunities, things like that. There's always like a certain a certain parallel. Absolutely. Way. Absolutely. Which is essential because like it helps it helps me in the growth process. I'm sure it helps you in the growth process as well. But to know that like, I mean, that's what friends are for, right? To Definitely. Like- oh, and I always know like when something when there's a big change happening in my life. Yeah. You're somebody that I like to, you know, go to or pick your brain because you've either a gone through it before b going through it currently or c we'll probably end up going through it in like a month or two because our paths are so similar that's happened more than once so that sums it right up right there and especially this time of year like uh, for whatever reason for me and i'm sure this is the same for you but like 
end of summer fall time always invites a lot of shifts i don't know if it's always like the back to school vibes mm-hmm. or like mm-hmm. you're shifting seasons i mean every season in every season of the year there's shifts like the just the same way that the the weather changes the leaves change mm-hmm. the daylight changes like we i think go through some interchanges as well seasonality absolutely i think the note about the back to school vibe is very real it's kind of how i've always viewed it mm. too like obviously you know the calendar year changes at the end of december beginning of january every year but through you know through our entire lives where you really feel like the new year starting has always right. been at that end of august right. beginning of september feel so even you know not being in school anymore haven't been in school for years now i still kind of separate my life in that way almost throughout you know time absolutely and it was around this time several years ago when i remember we were sitting in a sauna mm-hmm. around the high holidays around the jewish high holiday time and we were having some real life chats yeah what were the shifts that were going on then because i feel like that was like that your, your path took i mean there was many points before that were leading you onto a different path but that was like a real juncture point i feel like yeah absolutely i mean that was 2017 mm-hmm. uh the fall of 2017 end of summer and we recently had graduated from college and we were both living in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. in Santa Monica together. I had recently started a new job working at a startup company, um, actually with your sister. That's right. Um, and so you were not only very close to it because, you know, your sister was doing it, but also because your friend and roommate um, was involved as well. So you were somebody who I feel like could relate with a lot of, you know, a lot of the a lot of the understanding of what was happening with the job at the time with the way that startups often do with fast growth and mm-hmm. ups and downs. And I was going through a time where I'd been working at this startup company for about three months. And it was, I will say it wasn't necessarily everything I had thought it would be. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, when, when you're in college and you land a job while you're still in college or as you're finishing college, there's such an excitement to being like, oh, I'm accomplished. Like I went to college to get a degree and to get a job. And when that has happened, you know, you're like, amazing. Like I'm on the right path. Objective complete. Objective. I passed the level. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I, I completed what I was here to do. Right. And in a way you can almost you know, I'm only speaking for myself, but I wonder if other people feel this way too. Like you romanticize like, oh, this like first job, like, yep. like I, I'm here, I made it. And I think for myself, I was realizing three months into this job that I was doing something that I didn't really love doing and I didn't have a ton of passion for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, at the time I was realizing that's okay. Like a first job, a lot of people feel that way. Amazing. And I was doing it to, you know, because a like I did need to make money and I I did need a purpose mm-hmm. something to do with my time a vocation, um, but I think that's the crossroad I was coming to was this was very much a vocation and throughout my entire life growing up I was somebody who I never had a real intention of just working a nine to five job or just working a job to work a job mm-hmm. right. And, you know, sometimes you can't always have control of what happens. But again, I was at this crossroads where I was like, I think I need to make a change or I'm three months in and I don't know if I can, you know, really do this much longer. It was a bit stressful. There was a lot of change within the position that I was in, specifically with the job. There was a lot of change happening within the company. Um, and then you personally for moving across country to and, the and, city. And me personally, you know, I, exactly. I, I moved across, you know, literally moved as far away from home as I could have been with still within the United States. Right. Um, and for the first, you know, few weeks or so, I was living out here pretty much by myself before right. you guys could come out here. Um, and that was different. And there was just a lot. Yeah, there was a lot of change. It was a, It was a lot different than I think maybe I had thought it was going to be. Mm. And um and also, you know, as you go through life and you're you're in school, you're in, you know, K through eight and you, then you go to high school and you need to go to college, you're on this path 
right? Like, you know, you know, you have semesters that you're going through and Monday through Friday, you go to school and then you do the stuff and then you graduate from college and you're kind of just on your own, right? And, and that's yep. part of growing up, of course, but I think there's, you know, I can't be the only person who like felt that way of like, it's like, okay, now what? Like, okay, oh, I'm, I'm going to work and like, cool, I come home from work and, you know, you make dinner, you get dinner with friends or, you go know, to the gym. go to the gym, you, you, you know, read a book, you, you do whatever you want to do, but you're now, there's a lot more freedom. And sometimes I think with freedom, it can kind of, you know, <laughs> if you're not careful or if you're not really defining what you want to be doing, you can get lost in that freedom a little bit. So we all want freedom, but then the question is, what are you going to do with that freedom? Right, exactly. And so to bring it back to, you know, yeah. your initial question, uh, in our conversation in the sauna, I was starting to express how I really thought that I needed to find something that I was more passionate about and that I needed to maybe, you know, make a life change to find a job, career, if you want to call it, you know, at the time I, I wasn't sure, but I needed to make a change so that I could actually be doing something that was going to benefit myself. And, and something where you could see a future in aspiring to and growing into. Exactly. Exactly. Exactly that. Yes. Yeah, that's that's powerful. I, I had the same like now what moment uh, a year prior. Right. When and this is a, the similar path and I describing in the same you're describing the same words of the way that I felt as well, which was when I senior year, when I accepted the full time job at Juicero down here in L.A., it was like, oh, cool. Like you, you, you check the box. Like mm -hmm. I got a job, but now all of a sudden it's senior year and all my other, all my friends are starting to get jobs as well. I'm no longer ahead of the game. And now I'm like, well, now what do I want to do marketing at a CPG company forever? Like, I know, I know I don't want to do that, but there's so much value in hindsight. It's tough in the moment, but you realize in hindsight, like there's so much value in learning what you don't want. At yeah. That age. Can you speak to that at all? Absolutely. I mean, I think I've, you know, I've heard that throughout my entire life is like there's you know through like internships or other you know early job opportunities when you're still in college and stuff there's as much value as learning that you don't want to do this going forward than if you do and I think that was probably the ticket for me of you know graduated from Miami University shout out Red Hawks um rise with, up rise up uh with a marketing degree right and so it's like okay yeah like I guess you know i want to do marketing right super broad so there's a lot to dig into there but it's like i was doing a marketing job for the startup company that was a bit of like communications a bit of social media mm -hmm. marketing and um maybe a little bit of branding but not too much and it did make me realize that okay like i actually don't really enjoy this side of you know quote unquote marketing right and it made me realize that like I think I want to be involved much more on a creative level of things in a more collaborative way than really just like, oh, planning out social media posts, right? Right. right. And and that was like, I learned very quickly what I did not want to do. And it was extremely beneficial and extremely beneficial looking back of learning at that time. But at the time, it's hard to, you know, you can be jaded of being like, well, I don't want to do this. Like, damn, what do I do? Right. right. Like, like now people what? are telling me, oh, it's valuable to learn what you don't want to do. But when you're in that moment and you're learning, oh, I don't want to be doing what I'm doing. That's when it has that real like now what moment or that real gut check and that real like, OK, like deep breath. Do I take steps to find out what I do want to be doing? Right. And so, yeah. Yeah. So what was that next step for you when you, you realize I well, <laughs> what was that next step? So interesting. Um, I am a big believer that, you know, this is going to sound a little uh, heady, but that everything does happen for a specific reason. Right. Uh, you know, l things don't happen to you. They happen for you. And so right around this conversation that you and I were having in 2017 in September, I believe, um, where I started mentioning that I think I wanted to make a change or at least figure something out going forward so that I was in the position to make a change career-wise. The next month, 
the startup company that I was working with let us know that they that we were no longer going to be able to exist as a company um, and we were going to be shutting down right. within the next two weeks. And so it was then a real it was then a real possibility not not a possibility it was it was actually happening certainty that i now was going to be in a position where i was going to be working somewhere else and again like i still remember this so clearly like i came home and i was living with you and our two other friends and i told you guys and you may have ha- you, you may have known a bit just because again your sister was working with the company, um, but I told you guys and I remember hearing your reactions of being like oh man like like are you guys are you okay like is every, like what are your thoughts all that stuff and and initially my my first first reaction was thank God mm. I now have the ability to find out what I need to be doing like it was it wasn't like a Oh fuck! Can I say fuck on you this? You can say okay. fuck on this. <laughs> um, like I'm without a job. I don't know. What, I don't. What am I gonna do? Like this panic. It was more like a relief of mm. being like, okay. Like I know this is happening for a reason. I somewhat spoke this into existence. Um, now it's kind of go time, right? And so, um, I then kind of did something a little crazy. Some people would say, and. That day, um, I booked a trip to Southeast Asia. Um, the flight was going to take off 10 days, in 10 days. And the trip was going to be for about two and a half to three weeks. I think it was just under 20 days. I think it was like 19 days. And, um, you know, I think that was a bit of a crazy moment for me. I, I don't typically do... I don't typically make decisions on impulse like that. That is so life altering. Right. And the idea was I had been wanting to travel. I didn't have a chance to travel right out right after college because I went right into working. I had been wanting to really get away from everything and figure out in my own head what was going to be important to me moving forward and what I was looking to do from a job perspective and in life perspective. Right. Um, and to me, I thought this was the clearest way to go on, you know, call it what you want. Like I will call it a, a bit of a spiritual journey to figure out and clear my head and come back ready to, to go, you know, and doing, making that decision for myself rather than anybody else and, and listening to my instincts, you know, I think forever changed my life. Mm. In a very positive way. Love that. Like, regardless of whatever happened on the trip, the idea of feeling that in insight or that impulse of intuition, that hit of intuition, and then acting on that, mm-hmm. that that's powerful. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's interesting. I remember it like it was yesterday. Yeah. Like, yeah. truly, like, clicking, you know, being told that you're no longer going to be working at this company, you know, four months after graduation, first job all this stuff and, and immediately feeling like this is supposed to happen. I don't know why yet and that's okay, but this is supposed to happen. And you know, it was right. It was right. So it's incredible. So you've mentioned something earlier that you knew from a young age that you never wanted to go just the normal corporate route. Like when did you like, where did that come from? When did you realize that? Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's a specific, at least I don't remember a specific age or like a moment. one specific moment where I was like, oh yeah, nope, never going to be working nine to five or yeah, nope, like I don't want to, uh, I don't want to be like just a, a corporate person, right? But it was always kind of this feeling that I wanted to, I wanted to do something different. I, I think, you know, main character syndrome i think is something that like uh i've always experienced and felt and what is main character syndrome the way like i like to explain it is like feeling like you again you know in some type of way there is you know i guess like a 
a cockiness to it, but I don't, I don't like to look at it like that right. because I also think it's important for other people to feel this way, but to feel like you have something more to give, mm, yeah. right? You're yeah, not, yeah. you're not just following in right. the line of what like the world Believing, tells you what to do right. of just going to high school, going to college, getting a job, working that job for 30 years, mm-hmm. having a family doing, and all that stuff. There's nothing wrong with that by any means. But for me, I always felt almost like a calling of like, I want to do something out of the ordinary, unique, unique, special. And like, felt like I could do it because like, again, like the, you know, it's my story. Like I'm the main character of this story. And if this story is going to be any good, the main character's not just going to go and do this, you know, routine thing that everybody else is doing. No one's going to watch that. Right. Right. No one's going to read that book. And like, I wanted to write the book. I felt like, from a very early age, like that I would be writing a book and, and there's no real reason or experience. And I I can't speak on it much more than this. Unfortunately, maybe, you know, later in life, I will be able to diagnose it a bit better, but it's just a deep intrinsic feeling that I've always had. Mm, It's power. And I think that every single person listening can relate. And in my mind, when you're saying that, I think, we all want to embrace our uniqueness and we want to express our unique gifts and talents fully and honestly in our way, in our own way. And we don't want to suppress those. I feel like that's where the feeling comes from. And when you can be fortunate to be in a position where you're able to express those, that that's what feels like you're out of the, like the nine to five is the construct, but it's like the, you could, it's, 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 it's the suppression of that in our mind. It's not like the night, it's, it's not like there's anything wrong with the nine to five. Absolutely. It's the idea that I want to make sure that I'm, I'm passionate about what I'm doing and I'm expressing my gifts. Absolutely. Right? And, and I do want to clarify on that too. There's actually absolutely nothing wrong with nine to five. And I think right. there's probably a ton of people in the world that have the same feeling that I do that are working, that happen to be working a job that is nine to five and still feel that way. And right. still, and again, like I said, nothing wrong with that. Right. But in my mind, like, again, when you're young and you have this imagination, you have this creative thought, you, you believe you haven't experienced enough life to, to, for, for things to not seem achievable or feasible. Right. Um, that in my head, it was, I did associate that you know, Absolutely. I say nine to five, but right. really meaning just a routine. Yeah. Following the the normal, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the normal path, right. I guess you can say. Yeah, 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 yeah. And suppressing those gifts or talents. So, right. So then when did you, music was always something like enter music, right? Music right. was always something. You're the music guy, like of our friends. You're always the music guy. You were always controlling the vibes with the music's playlists, all the things like that. Yeah. When did you realize, hey, there might be an opportunity to be in the music industry? So that, yeah, so that's a, um, I'll give a little bit of background to that. Yeah, I guess some backstory. But, um, I mean, music was always something that was in my life from like the earliest of earliest of ages, first memories, right? Like my, both of my parents are avid music fans and they raised, I have three older siblings. They raised my older siblings to be avid music fans and thus being the youngest of four, you know, I also was a, a huge music fan and I'm experiencing, you know, every time I go into the car with one of my parents, like they're absolutely turning on the radio and listening to the music that they love. And anytime we go on a family trip, right, they're putting in a CD or a cassette or my siblings are, you know, I'm listening to their CD. So I'm experiencing my sisters were like huge boy band fans, right? So like I'm listening to, you know, sync Backstreet Boys at three, four, five <laughs> years old, knowing all the words, being really into it, watching MTV, TRL, these music videos. My brother is a huge rap fan. I'm listening to, you know, Reasonable Doubt. I'm listening to The Blueprint, like Eminem, like, and then my, my parents are, you know, for the most part, like kind of like classic rock or pop fans. So like, we're also listening to like Tom Petty in the car, The Beatles, and it's funny because all of this was happening, but like as I'm, you know, as I'm growing up and I'm like, you know, five through 10, like I'm not thinking anything of it. Right. Cause right. when you're that, you don't, when you're that young, you don't know anything different. You don't know that other people aren't also listening to music this way or, or anything. Right. And 
and then like you know my grandfather was a trumpet player i started playing the trumpet and, and straight, can read did. music there's some inside jokes with the trumpet <laughs> <laughs> that we won't get into on this we podcast but this podcast. um but so like you know then there was like that educational side of it where you know i was taking lessons and classes and reading music and understanding it from a technical standpoint a bit more mm-hmm. I, I truly won't say i have too much technical and musical knowledge never took classes in high school or college or anything on it um but you took you, you, you took a liking to it you, but you, it took you a liking felt to a natural it. inclination towards and there was it. a natural inclination there was a passion and i knew a lot about it because like i mentioned like it wasn't i wasn't just a passive listener i was actively listening to music mm-hmm. i was learning all the lyrics i was watching the music videos i remember i remember printing out lyrics to the songs that i was hearing on the radio when i was in like fourth grade playing you know madden 05 or something and printing out the lyrics that i would be listening to on the radio as i'm playing because i wanted to know the words i wanted to know what they were saying and so Hmm. like it's these little things that at the time meant nothing to me but like looking back i'm like oh that's different that's pretty (laughs) funny to think about and so where i'm getting at is music was always a part of my life without me knowing that it could be anything more than just a you know an enjoyment for music or or loving that i know about music and whatnot and um my siblings kind of had similar things like my brother was always really into like playing like this is going to sound so funny but it's going to make sense but like playing monopoly and like being the banker like he always wanted to be the banker he always wanted to he was good with like figuring out how much money each player needed Mm -hmm. and all this stuff from a super young age and like and then like later in life like he went into banking and like my sister like both my sisters actually like they were obsessed with like little kids and having like all their dolls and like lining them up and and having like class and playing like you know teacher and all stuff and they went on to be teachers and me growing up like i heard my parents talk about that but i didn't put it together for a while right that music was something that like that was my thing that was my thing that like my siblings had their things and i didn't put that together until maybe somewhat college um started just really really realizing that I had a passion for finding super early music and sharing it with people. And that's what I love to do. Um, and I was realizing I, I was doing that in high school. You know, I would actually find super early mixtapes on stuff and listen to it and want to be the first person in my friends to find this music and put people on. And I was lucky that in high school I had friends who were the same way and they were putting me onto their shit too. And so like, as we got out into college and into LA and you know I was no longer working at this startup company and even before that when I was realizing what I wanted to do like I remember you know very explicitly you are somebody who told me or started calling me music guy right you started like we we all kind of had our lanes had our lanes right like one of our roommates uh Ryland he he works in you know he works in finance and we, we would call him numbers guy and and uh you know chad was sports guy at the time and he was he was working in the sports field and josh is a whole lot of things but uh (laughs) wizard guy wizard yeah there's there's a whole lot of things but but you started calling me music guy and it made me realize like i had never been explicitly told that like i was the music guy or like that i was and people would come to me but i wouldn't think anything of it right and then i started realizing like okay like maybe this is actually something that I should be doing fully. Right. And being in LA, I think helped me realize that too, because growing up in Pittsburgh, like we obviously, you know, we have Mac Miller, RIP. We have Wiz, like two artists who really made it to the mainstream and came out of music or came out of Pittsburgh in the music industry. And there's some smaller labels that they were a part of with Rostrum, but like there's not a path to the entertainment industry out of Pittsburgh. But being in LA, it is the entertainment industry. And me realizing that, I was like, well, I'm already here. I don't know anybody in it, but I'm here. And I have confidence I know about this stuff. I don't know what I need to know. And there's a level of naivety of getting into this field, which I can touch on, but I think that's a very 
being naive can be very powerful if you use it to your advantage. Mm. Um, Tell me more about that real quick as you keep expanding on the story. Yeah. I mean, I think specifically, like, I mean, specifically in music, like I was so naive on how to get into the music industry or the entertainment industry possible. If I would have known how difficult it would have been, I probably wouldn't have even tried. Mm. You know, I would like to think I would, but I don't know if I would have. And also the power of naivety is like when you go into a field, this can be any field and you're talking to people who have been doing their job for 15, 20 years, they're doing it a certain way, right? That, because this is the way we've always done it, is a, is a, a sentence that gets you know said probably every week in, in any big office, right? Uh, well, this is the way it's done. This is the way. But the naive person, the newcomer, you know, if you just ask why, like, well, well why do we do it this way, right? And, and because things are no longer the same as they were 15 years ago when mm -hmm. you started doing it. Mm -hmm. So there's this power of asking that question and, and being a bit naive and realizing also like you, you know, you don't want to challenge the status quo too much if it is making sense. But like asking that question can really inspire some change and can prove your worth if you're thinking outside of the box. So I definitely attribute like, not to get too far into it, but I, I attribute some of my growth within entering the music industry and getting into it through just being naive and like looking at things differently or not doing them the way that they were always done because I didn't know that they were always done that way. It didn't register to me. I, I, I saw a different way. Right. And, and so that's why like I like to, you know, even when I talk to new people who are coming in, it's like embrace your naivety to, to a certain extent. Um, but also be open to, to learning, be a sponge when people are, who have experience and, and know what they're talking about are, are telling you. That's very important. That's great. Ask the powerful question, why? Like, right. Because you'll learn. It'll challenge the the dominant paradigm if there's a if there's a, if they're doing it to do it, which is not a good reason. But you'll learn also it, why they are doing it, and then right. you learn that and take that as insight, which I think is is really powerful. Exactly. So so being the music guy, and I, I think that we just. Like I remember it was a contrast of whenever we were hanging out, you were always like, you were always on the sticks. You were always on the DJing. You were always on the speaker. And I remember like going and hanging out with other groups of friends and realizing that it was almost like a chore. Like, Oh, who wants to connect to the speaker? And that was never a thing with us. It was just like, Danny's always on the speaker and he's always playing the perfect song and the perfect playlist, the perfect music at the perfect time. And it's amazing how that controls the vibes of like, whether you're hanging out on the couch or you're at the beach or you're in the car cruising. And if you're in the car cruising on the freeway, freeway versus you're cru cruising on the PCH with the windows down at sunset, like there's a different scene for everything. And I remember having the contrast of like, when I wasn't hanging out with with us or when I would be back in San Diego, for example, not having that and realizing like, oh, sh shit, like Danny's Danny's got a bit of a gift with this. Like, that's not easy. Like, you can really control the emotions and the vibe of a place when you play the right music. And I think that's when we started, like, all recognizing that and calling you music guy. Now, for you, was there reluctance to own that music guy lane or that title? Did it feel right? Did it feel natural? Like, when did you make that owning it? Yeah. I mean, I think at first it felt good to hear that because it was something that like, again, like I was doing it for me. Mm -hmm. Like I loved doing it. Like to your point of talking about playing music when we were with our friends and in certain situations, I was just playing the music I wanted to yeah, hear. Right. Yeah, yeah. Now, I think a huge part of that is setting the vibe around, you know, around certain people and around certain situations and like picking up on how people want to be feeling right and and so like obviously that was an aspect to it but to get back to your question like it felt really good to hear that and i would say it almost inspired me and embrace for me to embrace that even more mm. right there, there wasn't a reluctancy of like ah fuck like i have to play music it was like no like i i get to play music i want to play music like i want to be setting the tones right like I think a lot of people can speak to this. You don't have to be a music person, but right. like if you're playing music and somebody comes up to you and is like, what's this song? This is sick. Like that feeling that you get is incredible because right. you're, you're connecting with somebody. There's so, there's so much power in music. There's so much nostalgic in music. Like hearing a song that impacts a moment in your life, you, you hear that song again and go, you go right back to that moment. And so knowing that you could be doing that for other people 
man, that's powerful. And so again, like I did start embracing it more and more, I would say of Mm -hmm. when, when we were out in situations and you'd be like, Oh, like, well, like Danny knows music or something like that, you know? Um, Interesting. So then like continuing on the story, because I I love the way that we're having this conversation. We're just like recounting and telling the story as we continue to go right now. So you had the then opportunity. You were like, okay, cool. Maybe there's a way I'm in LA, like this music industry, the industry is here. I remember you read a book on the music industry and you like, you just studied that. Like it was a textbook, like it was the Bible Mm -hmm. and you learned a lot and think, and you were explaining it to us and we were learning as a result of that. And then there was an opportunity you had, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So it's funny. It all kind of happened. I mean, a lot of it was through manifestation for sure. Of course. Um, But it all kind of happened with me watching this documentary called the defiant ones, which was on HBO. Um, It's an incredible documentary. For anybody who's in enjoys music in any way, it, it tells the backstory of Dr. Dre and Jimmy Iovine, who ended up starting Interscope Records, um, and how their paths connected and originated and intertwined with each other. And I remember watching this documentary in the summer of 2017, before the startup mm-hmm. failed, and and being so enthralled with their stories, and specifically with Interscope Records. Right? They, you know they had a ton of artists throughout their history that I had listened to forever. And then I loved and that were not just incredible, you know, musicians and artists, but like impacted culture in such an incredible way. And I, at that time I was journaling very, very regularly. And I was writing down in my, I wrote down in my journal, like, you know, I want to work for Interscope Records. And it was, I knew it was in Santa Monica and it was just, you know, again, like just putting it out there, putting out, putting that, into my universe of saying like I, I want to do this like eyeing this specific place and so when the startup company that I was working for had failed and you know I went on that that trip to Southeast Asia like I started trying to realize or sorry I, I didn't start to try to realize I did realize that I needed to put myself out there and start networking and, and figure out how I can essentially get myself to Interscope but get myself in the music industry and so the CEO of that startup that ended up failing had a friend who happened to work at Interscope Records. And she told, she knew that I wanted to work in music. I had mentioned this to her before. And she told me that she had this friend who worked there and that she could introduce me to this friend and I could get coffee with her. She couldn't guarantee anything past that. Um, but she was willing and able to help, you know, looking to help. And so, you know, that was that was really like an opportunity that presented itself. And it was the first meeting I ever had with anybody who worked in music, truly first first meeting. And I had an hour long conversation with this with this girl um, at Interscope in the office at her office. And we started talking about what she did and what I wanted to do and why I love music. And as we were having this conversation, things started clicking for me. Mm. It didn't feel, it, it wasn't an interview by any means. Like it wasn't like a job interview or, or, or anything, but it definitely didn't feel like one either. Like it, it I, I was somebody who always, when I was like going through job interviews in college, like it felt like a test. There was a stress level to it. It felt like I had to regurgitate stuff I knew rather than just speak mm. what being I, being yourself, being myself openly. and speaking what I knew, right? Like, almost like recall trying to recall like marketing terms or and stuff like that. And with this conversation, it was just talking music. I had done it a million times with friends and all this stuff. And through that, she realized, you know, and she's told me this, but like she realized that like I knew what I was talking about and I had a passion, even if I didn't have experience. And so, you know, I really attribute a lot to, to this conversation, to her helping me out. And she was willing to introduce me to more people who worked at the company. And, through that, you know, I had more of these conversations and every conversation kind of went the same way of, of me just, just speaking on what I love and music. And, and through that, you know, one thing led to another and it ended up with me being offered an internship to work at Interscope, which was, you know, obviously the company that I, that I wrote down in my, in my notebook or my journal, you know, three to four months prior. 
Um, so that was a really surreal moment for myself as well. Of just realizing, you know, there is obviously there's power in manifestation, but like right. seeing it come was, you know, it's crazy. It's, yeah, it, it's wild. It was. I got chills as you're explaining the story. Also, uh, there's a lot to unpack here. But was there was there any reluctance for you because you've gone from college to working at a startup job to then be like well i'm gonna go be an intern now i'm gonna go it's almost like feels like it's taking a step back but it, it was obviously felt like a big step forward too but i mean that wasn't easy like you had to do some you had to make some decisions and you had to you had to hustle you had to grind it's one thing i respect about you the most mm-hmm. is like you 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 took that opportunity but t- take me through a little bit more around the mental on that yeah absolutely and it's really it's a really good point in all of this too and it's a good it's a good talking point for a lot of people who may ever be in similar situations of right like i I did have a full college degree. I was working, you know, at, I was working at a company and I had a full-time salary and I would then be, you know, from the outside, I'd be taking a back step, a major back step and accepting an internship and being paid a very low hourly wage, um, too low, in fact, for me to be able to support myself and pay rent and, and buy groceries and, have any type of disposable, you know, income to for for spending. Um, but for me, truly, it wasn't even a second thought, right? It was going back to kind of like the beginning of this conversation. It was I now had the door open yep, for me to door. really pursue passion and make that and, and make that passion my career. And so something with you know with money wasn't going to stop me. And and don't get me wrong. I I don't come from money. I I didn't have I didn't have money to be able to be like, "Oh, I'll I'll do this for a year and, you know, I I have a safety net." I didn't have a safety net, right? Like I had to if I was going to take this job, which I 100% was going to or this internship, I had to figure something else out. So what did and, you do? And, and to make more money. And so, you know, there was there was a coffee shop. It's crazy to think back to this <laughs> moment because like oftentimes I don't take I don't take a moment to look back too often. Um, I think there's definitely benefits to it, but I try my best to very much stay at least stay in the present and and not too far in the future, not too far in the past. Um, But looking back can really help you sometimes too. So just wanted to note that, but, but there was this, there was this coffee shop, right? And coffee and, and health shop, um, in Santa Monica called the hive shout out the hive and shout out Kaya and shout out Kaya the manager who was really good friends with Josh and through you know through Josh was friends with myself and and Chad and Ryland our roommates and when I realized that I would have to pick up you know another job to be able to support myself and pay rent and, and be able to take this internship financially um, I had thought about different you know, bartending maybe or or being a waiter. And then, you know, the Hive and Kaya was right by our apartment. And I didn't have a car at the time because I couldn't afford one. Right. And, you know, we walked over. Josh vouched for me, which you did. Um, and greatly appreciate that. And Always. again, explained to Kaya what I was looking for to, to work there. You know, before my internship started, I could work there five days a week and, and, for two months or so and telling her that eventually, you know, this isn't a full-time thing for me and, and this would be a short stint, but I'll work as hard as I need to and do whatever it takes. I'll pick up any shift to show that like, I will, this is my full-time focus for this time being before my internship starts. And then I'll, I will split this, right. Mm -hmm. I'll work, you know, I'm working my internship five days a week. I'll work the other two days of the week here. I'll Mm -hmm. work the weekends when other people might not want that shift. And, and she was you know, again, shout out to her. She was very, very willing to help and to to train me and and to take time with me and 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 through that, you know, I started working there. Right, so I was working seven days a week um, for a few months. You know, figuring starting this internship and and figuring out everything that I needed to to learn about music. Right, going going there and. And again, I didn't have a car at the time, so I'm walking there 30 minutes in the morning and and doing, you know, being there all day, trying to be the first person there, last one to leave and coming home and doing more 
research about everything and going into my room and on my laptop and trying to find, you know, more music and, and everything. And then on the weekends I was, I was working at the hive. And to me, the, there wasn't a plan B like there, like that was it. Mm-hmm. I wasn't thinking like, Oh, what was me? Like I have no free time or like, why am I doing this? Like I knew why I was doing this because like I wanted to, to have this path and, and to have a career that was my passion, like more than anything. That's my only focus. And so it just was what it was. And it was a, it was difficult for sure. I'm not going to sugarcoat that, but it was an incredible time. And I had, I was very lucky that I had you and, and Chad and Ryland around me at the time too, who were very in, inspiring and like enthusiastic about what I was going through as well. Like very much supporting. Yeah. Which is an, another whole other topic of how important it is to, be surrounded by people who are your biggest advocates and your biggest supporters, but also your biggest challengers as well. Like I can't speak, I cannot speak more about how important that is in life. And yeah. if, if you feel right now, like you don't necessarily have those people around you, I think it is important to find out how to make that change. Or if the people you spend most of your time with aren't necessarily aren't it's not a mutually beneficial relationship i think it's very important to maybe have a real conversation about how you can each benefit each other maybe a little bit more whether it's just being a better friend or you know or holding each other holding each other accountable yeah listening actively listening um but not to get too far on that tangent but that's a big part of this story too It, it is and and i think back to that this is also this is the side of like pursuing your passion that the people overlook right like this is the side when you're explaining walking to work 30 minutes and then uh, five days a week and coming home diving into research and doing everything you can to, to lay it all out on the field to potentially you know to crush the internship to potentially get a job there to, in interscope and and then going on the weekends to work full days full shifts at the hive so you could keep living in santa monica like that like that grind mode that hustle mode uh like that's the side when people say oh follow your passion pursue your passion that's the that's the non-sexy part of it that people overlook but what i love that you're saying is like it wasn't a question because there was that alignment there you were like i'm gonna make this happen at the same time you were doing that chad was doing the same thing with his with his with his internship with his sports rylan was doing the same thing in a job that he in in a role that he didn't fully fully like but knew that it could lead to something better i was doing the same thing in sales at a startup company doing like not sure where what the heck i was doing but grinding in that too so i think that when we were able to bring that together we were all collectively supporting each other and challenging each other to be like this is what we're here for this is the time to lean into it and like let's have fun along the way yeah yeah absolutely i mean you couldn't yeah yeah you explained that perfectly in the sense that like we were all facing our challenges and we were all grinding and i've had conversations with people um that either a went to college with or, or grew up with and you know they've asked me about because because they found out like kind of my path and, and mm. where i'm you know, working and what I'm doing and, um, and they've expressed that they're, they're interested in it as well. And those conversations for me, I really enjoy, but they're very hard for me because it's, it's not easy. And I don't oftentimes feel comfortable telling people to do it. Yeah. Yep. Because again, like go back to the naivety thing. Like if I would have known what it was going to take fully, like, I don't know, you know, I don't know if things would have been the same. And I encourage people to make that decision for themselves and not because they've seen somebody else do it. And they're like, well, like, you know, like, Oh, I'm mm. maybe I could do it. It's, it's gotta be fully for you. And again, like it can be the greatest thing that you've ever done, but it's also not, it's not a fairy tale, you know, right. and it's still not a fairy tale, right. right? Like it, you know, I've, you know, it's been beneficial for me and yeah. there's been some really good things that have come out of it but it's not like you know like i'm not yeah what are what are, tell, tell me a little bit more about like the the pros and the cons of like of of working in a in a field and a career path where that, that is also your passion like has that affected your passion for music at all? i know obviously you're not like right you're not necessarily like performing or creating and now relying on that for income as well but it is still a passion of yours that is also now your income so like what is what was that like yeah man that's a great uh <laughs> it's a great topic because it is it, ha- it absolutely has changed the way that I listen to music and look at music and, you know, 
Um, I'm just I'm, I'm just laughing thinking of like your Spotify wrapped like how many hours you know at the end of the year like how many hours of music you listen to yeah it's insane absurd yeah, yeah. yeah it is and, and there's a lot of music that I you know again because it is my job like I'll have to listen to a lot of stuff that maybe I I don't necessarily I wouldn't choose to listen right. to right I had this conversation actually the other day with somebody of like it's funny because during during a normal day right like a normal work day Growing up, I was somebody who was always listening to music when I was doing like homework or when I was studying um, or walking or anything, right? Like on like Monday through Friday, like doing my normal stuff. I was listening to the music I wanted to be listening to, right? Always. Um, and now during the week when other people are like at their job, like at their job and they're music fans, they're doing the same thing. And I'm, I can't just choose to listen to the music that I want to listen to because like, <laughs> right. it's my job. So true. I've got to, I've got to either like a be listening to trying to find new stuff and, and listening to, you know, stuff that I wouldn't choose to be listening to. And I have to check it out and, and it does affect you a little bit, right? Like you, you realize that music no longer is something you can, you just go to and it like in and it it's not something anymore that i can just go during the week and be like i'm just gonna listen to my music as i do my job to some extent i can but it's a different perspective yeah it's a different perspective yeah. and, I, and i i yeah it's not like you, it's not like the going back to like to, to comfort you or console you right yeah you have to turn it on and turn it off a yeah. bit yeah, yeah, yeah. um and I have to do that with my ears too sometimes. Like when I listen to the song for the first time now, mm -hmm. it's different than when I used to listen to a song first right? years before, you right. know? And, and I think that's any field, like you said, like with your, that you're passionate about. Like, I think there's, I don't know. I really don't know this for sure, but I think there's probably, you know, like chefs who they l absolutely love cooking and they can have a, you know, a very like famous dish at a restaurant that they're, they're making all the time. But like when they're at home, they're, they're no longer eating that right. food or they're no longer making right. that dish. They're, it's just changed for them. Totally. Yeah. So I, I think that there's this theme here that we've, we've kind of been talking about. And when I look at your story too, and, and I love the context of like early on you, there was this kind of like effortless, almost to the point where you like, didn't realize how, how passionate you were about something. Cause it was just so much a part of you. And then there's the different events that happen or people that say things that start to bring you to this awareness of like, Oh yeah, maybe I am good at this or maybe I am passionate about this. And we all have that. Like every single human, it's crazy. I was just had this crazy thought when I was going for a run today. It's like every creation, everything ever created, whether it's a plant, if it's an animal, if it's a human, if it's a song is like, is unique. It's different. Yeah. There's no two same people in the history of human beings. There's never been the same two people. How many, hundreds of billions of people have there been like there's never the same people right there's never the same two people so we all have these unique gifts that we can share and how you express those gifts is different for everybody but there's clues yeah there's clues like even look at like like i look at rylan as a great example too like he's in the quote-unquote nine to five world but he's also been cultivating his gifts and his passion that he has for the entrepreneurial spirit for photography mm -hmm. for capturing moments and creating a little side hustle off that too like it doesn't have to be a zero-sum game it doesn't have to be either you work at a nine to five or you pursue your passion it's like as long as like you can be happy and i think fulfilled and realized when you are expressing those gifts at some extent oh absolutely and, and also like i mean life isn't just about like you do one thing and that's what you're known for and that's what you do I, it can be and and maybe in the past you know centuries and whatnot like it, they didn't have as much freedom or as much luxury to to be able to work in different fields and do different things but but we do now you know and, and i am doing one thing now for for work but in the future, like there's so many other things I want to be doing and, and, and same with like anybody. Right. And, and I think also like a big part of that too, like about how each human is unique mm -hmm. and all stuff, it's something like I have said this forever, but like every single person knows something that you don't and you will not know that what they know unless you speak with them. And that's anybody that's, you know, me and you, we, we've been right. friends for a long time, but Unless we have a conversation, like you, you know a lot of things I don't know, and I won't find out what you know unless we have a conversation. That random passerby, on that happens to be, you know, in the elevator with you. 
I'm not telling you right now who's listening to this to go and just like be like, hey, what do you know to this person <laughs> in the elevator? Maybe some you should do that yeah, and try yeah, yeah. and let me know how that goes. <laughs> but the point of it is like having conversations with people can change your perspective on like on your own thoughts and your own life. Like me hearing you calling me music guy or right. like all this stuff did make me realize like, oh, like there is a part of me that like I I should explore. I didn't realize like I didn't realize that this is something that other people see in me or other mm-hmm. people pick up on. Um, and you know, there's just a, there's a power in, in seeing things through different perspectives in learning from different people and taking, taking the chance to like have conversations with people about things you don't know. Right. Do you think that that was a, a powerful approach that helped you get into the music industry and is, is contributing to your success in the industry currently? Talking to people? That idea of learning from people, talking to people, connecting with people, like that networking with people under that philosophy, learning from people in those ways. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, I think like I can only speak to my experience, but I always just wanted to be a sponge. Always. I still do. Of like realizing anytime somebody is sharing some of their experience or their knowledge, like just being there and picking it up, like literally soaking it in. And, and taking it with you yeah. um and i think it's important to try to do that not just in the workplace but any conversation you have at, at any time right. like uber can, drivers you, you uber drivers I love uber driver actually, yeah that's actually a really funny one too um but because you know most i don't want to say most but a, a lot of uber drivers are it is their side gig they're yeah. doing you have no idea right. what else they're doing like you can't just look at them as like Oh, this is my driver. Like this is, you know, yeah. like they are. They have their own intricate life that you have no idea about unless you ask. And again, I'm not telling you to ask every Uber driver that you're in. Like, well, what do you do? Or like, what? but if it's right and these conversations happen naturally, like it could happen at any time. Yeah, that could yeah. change your, you know, conversation that can really impact your life. Just big time. I've yeah. certainly had conversations with Uber drivers that have totally impacted my life because and i think that's the that's the important of having conversations with people and then also having conversations with people with different perspectives that's so much about what yeah. you know what i love about traveling i know what you love about traveling also is that all of a sudden your your norm what you thought was normal or what you thought was just the way that things were like somebody else has a different perspective on that, a different approach on that and right. it's just different apples and oranges but it's just cool to be able to be like oh like maybe this isn't the only way i know especially especially in america and especially in the western world we place a lot of emphasis on like the job like what do you do there's so much of an identity of like what's the first thing you when you meet someone what do you do mm-hmm. it's like it's almost like your identity is placed on what profession you have or what, what work you have now that can be that can be powerful mm-hmm. but i remember one of the things when i learned when i was traveling it's like especially with a lot of european countries it's just different I'm not saying one's better or worse but the work was like such a it was such a secondary thing that you did and there was so much more to you as a as a human or as a person mm-hmm. and i really liked that and i like i took that back with me and was just like okay well maybe maybe like what you do during the day obviously matters and you spend a lot of your time doing that and you should be in a position where you're challenged or you're contributing or you're feeling these things that are fueling your growth. But like, what are you doing outside of that? Like, what are you, how are you stoking your passions? How are you stoking your fires? What are you doing outside of that? Yeah. Super important, man. I actually can't like, I can't emphasize enough too how like you're somebody who just embodies that Mm. too. Like I've heard you, this is actually really funny, but I've heard you say this a lot when we'll be out or meeting somebody for the first time and somebody asks like, the group of us like oh what do, what do you do for work and, and you'll be like ah oh, well i do a lot of things right and like the purpose of that at least from you explaining that to that person or, or to me is like you know i do do a lot of things i you know i surf mm-hmm. i cook i i run marathons i also you know am a sales coach and like i do this right. for work but like i'm not just that like there's so much more to me and so and that's something like i've you know Again, like that's a perspective that I really cherish and value. But like to go into that a little bit more, I think oftentimes in life, you do have a career or a vocation that is just that, right? It's a way for you to earn an income and and get experience, but you don't have to, you don't, you don't have to be extremely passionate about it. But I do think you should be extremely passionate about something outside of it then, right? There should be something that 
is your reason to to really get up and have a zest for life. Bingo. And and, and that's like again, it, it doesn't have to be what's making you money. It can just be if you like finger painting. <laughs> Straight up, like, yeah. like at yeah. any point, you could just be like, "I actually love to do this." If you get if you get good at that, yeah. you could end up being a world class finger. You know what I mean? Sure like, why could. not? You you like, yeah. Don't let somebody tell you that like you're not that because that's not making you money. Like, right. And also, who knows if it could happen? And that's an, a bit of an extreme situation, yeah. right? Of course. Um, love but that. like, but I am serious in the sense of like, if you're at a place where what you're doing for work isn't necessarily driving you that is okay right i don't think you should have to quit your job and be like i have to find something i'm extremely passionate about and work in that field no but i do think it's important to to find your passion outside of work then i think that's such a great point you got to find something that gets you out of bed in the morning lights you up every day and i think that you can be fortunate to have like that align with also what your what your income is at a certain point i think that that's a really beautiful thing when those things align but there's also i think a path to getting there like mm-hmm. something along your lines when you're talking to people who want to get in the music industry and you're, you're being real with them and you're leveling with them i, I get a, I get people ask questions all the time around like being entrepreneurial and starting a business or like i don't like my day job like i want to break out of nine to five and explore what i'm passionate about my advice that i give every single time is don't quit your day job. Right. Like, don't quit your freaking day job. Build. You don't need to take a jump. It's like there's. We've almost romanticized the same way we've romanticized like going and following their passion in that way. We've romanticized this idea of like taking a jump and a leap of faith and quitting your job. And there's always there's always a time for that. And ultimately, you'll end up wherever you need to be. But mm-hmm. why? I think about it this way. It's like why take this big jump when you can build a bridge? Like why don't you build a bridge? Why don't you cultivate something on the side and start hustling and working and use that to motivate you and then use that to then take a step. It's a lot easier doing it that way. Absolutely. Yeah. And and these things don't have to happen right right, right away. Right. Right. Right away. I like I've I think sometimes, you know, humans in general can act out of excitement. Hmm. And, and sometimes that's a good thing, right? Like to make action. Right. And you have an idea and you're like, well, like in order to hold myself accountable, like I want to take action, do these things. But sometimes, you know, jumping too into it right away or making that, you know, rash decision to quit your day job and put everything into mm-hmm. it isn't always the best step, right? Sometimes you, you, it's not in your benefit to imp- like impulsively make an action and to act out of excitement rather than, you know, take a second and be like, well, this is something I am passionate. Like, let let me figure out the right way to, right. to get into sure. this. Right? Yeah, sure. Um and that yeah and this kind of touched on that too but like you know the whole the whole thought of like work-life balance right like people people have asked me about that too like what's your work-life balance or stuff to me it's just life right like and and that's just my take um like what i i I do work during my you know every day which is my life and all that stuff but it's like that's just my my life like i'm not clocking out i'm not like oh i'm not thinking about what i'm doing like when i'm not in front of my computer like all that stuff it's just that's part of my life every day is my life and like during parts of it like i'm doing stuff for work which is making me money but like that's just it's just all one fully encompassing thing mm-hmm. right and, and i think that's important too to, to realize that like if you are unhappy um and you're like oh i don't have, i feel like all i do is work and, and i hate it then i think maybe it's like okay maybe it is time to to find different career or vocation or something that that helps you get back to that yeah whatever the balance is whether it is a real like you you want to have a work-life balance or if it's just like you want to feel like you're just living one life and you're doing these different things in your mm-hmm. life mm-hmm. yeah there's a lot of power in that alignment or congruous congruency with that right daniel man it's been a uh it's been a beautiful hour it's flown by hasn't it seriously that was um, an hour that was an hour is Jeez. there uh is there anything that you want to uh want to share with the listeners as we wrap here um, I think, I mean, a big thing for me is like that you've kind of instilled in me like years, years ago is this idea that, and I touched on it really briefly, but it's the growth mentality that like things in life are happening for you, not to you. Like if, if you have a bad day or something unfortunate happens mm-hmm. to change your perspective from woe is me and why do all these bad things happen to me instead of like well this 
I can't change this. This did happen. What am I going to learn from it? And how can I, how can this benefit me in, in a certain way? And like, it's a practice. It's, it's not the easiest mentality to have and you can practice it and, and live that way in life. And, and then some things can happen and it can set you back and you need to practice it mm -hmm. again. But I would say the common thread of everything over the past five to 10, you know, not quite 10, but you know, five to eight years of my life, all the, the positive things that have happened, I think have come from with that mentality, with the growth mentality and really realizing that like we have one life to live and, and why not think positively and realize that it's a gift and it's happening for us. And at any time something can happen that could be out of our control. So let's only worry about the things we can control. Right. Amen, bro. Love it. Daniel, thank you, brother. Thank Love you, you man. man. Pleasure really as always. It. And uh, until next time. Until next time.